welcome to the podcast. I am Joel here with Dad. And I'm Rick. And we've got a great conversation today, don't we? Yeah, Dad, I want to talk about getting stuck. stuck. And I'll never forget um, when I was, I think it was in college. And I remember, you know, just day in, day out, working, going to college, trying to pay bills. And I remember saying to you, Dad, I feel like my life is just on hold and I'm stuck. And you said, I don't know that you're stuck. You're just in a season of preparation. And I've seen, you know, now that I'm into counseling, I've been doing counseling for quite a few years. I've seen a lot of times people think they're stuck when they're in a season of preparation, but then there are other people that say, oh, I'm just in waiting for my moment, but they're actually stuck. Yeah. So how do you know if you're stuck or if you're in the season of preparation or waiting on God? Uh, that's where I want to go with this. So okay. you got any initial thoughts? Well, that's a good question. I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I always try to, when I'm trying to find an answer or something, I always try to go back to biblical either passages or examples, you know, because in Corinthians it tells, well, twice in the New Testament it tells us that all the stuff in the Old Testament happened as examples to us. And so therefore it's it's not just cool stories. It's So I look at that and I kind of think of, hmm, Joseph, was he stuck? Uh, no, it, it probably felt like it at the time. I'm stuck in prison. I'm stuck in slavery, but... Uh, Paul in prison, I'm sure he felt he was stuck. He couldn't be out there preaching, but he was writing letters that became the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. So in that situation, looking back on it, do you think you were stuck? No, it was clearly a season of preparation. Yeah. But I think sometimes we want to move ahead faster than we really are ready to. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. So here, here's what I've seen and I'll let you yeah, go, ahead. go off of this. I've seen... This is my take on it. I think there's three reasons people get truly, that are truly stuck, are stuck. Okay. I know of one. So let's see. One of them is failure to act or uh, obey out of fear. Uh Uh-huh. Or or maybe just failure to act or obey, period. Uh, Whether it's for fear, whether it's out of pride of looking foolish. uh, But you know what you're supposed to do and you don't do it. And I've seen a lot of guys who feel a call to do something specifically, but man, the risk factor is so big, so intense. They say, I just can't do it. And then you kind of see them maybe yeah. in neutral for the next 10, 15 years. Uh, and, and another opportunity maybe arises. You, you talked about that yeah, with your own exactly father. It. Yeah, go ahead and tell that story. Yeah, um, uh, well, I, I think of a couple of illustrations. I know my dad, he uh, worked in a uh, scrap metal yard, junkyard. And, uh, you know, we'd call it a recycling plant today, but it was definitely a junkyard. <laughs> and... Um, he had an opportunity, a friend of his owned a gas station right behind our house. And he had worked at that gas station as a young boy. And the friend wanted him to take over the gas station. He was going to sell it to him real cheap. And, and he basically was going set him up for success, right? Yeah. He, he yeah. just loved him and he wanted to care for him. And he said, man, this is something you'd be really good at. And so, yeah, he wanted to set him up for, for success in this business that was very successful. And my dad, I remember him talking about it and just thinking, oh, you know, I, 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 he, I, he kind of, he, he didn't talk very much, but when, you know, he, he was kind of going back and forth, should I do this? Shouldn't I do it? And he was just so concerned. And he, I can remember him saying, well, I don't even have a high school diploma and I don't know this and that, you know, and, and, and he just talked himself out of it. And I think later, and then another guy came in and bought that and the business just grew and exploded. And the, the, the corner that that lot was on just took off and the whole area and, I just thought, you know, that could have been my dad because he was, so much in life is success is based on your people skills rather than, you know, you know, you can hire people to do the bookkeeping for you. You can hire people to do all the stuff for you. It's right. the people skills. And he had that. Yeah. But he talked himself out of it just for fear. And then he got 
I mean, he worked at that scrapyard yeah. for the to, rest of his life. The rest of his the life. Last days and he was a faithful, life. hardworking dude. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, you wonder what could have been. There's nothing evil with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just yeah. he could have gone so much further yeah. if he had had overcome that fear. That's a big one I see. Another yeah, one I see. One. Another one I see that guys people get stuck with is an offense happens and they just can't move past it. You could call it unforgiveness. You could, you know, call it failure to to move beyond the hurt. Um, something happens that's devastating, shouldn't have happened, unjust, unfair. Yeah. And you literally, it just becomes a wall in front of you. You just feel like you can't get around. And I've seen a lot of people get stuck because of one event in their life. Maybe it was a failure in the past. Uh, I'll never forget. Um, I, I was speaking at this big conference and this guy, he was just like pouring out. His, he, he had a, a question. He raised his hand. He's pouring out his heart. He's like, I started this business and it failed, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what, what should I? He's like, what should I do? And I was like, well, try again. Yeah. And he, he was like shocked by that. He's like, well, try again, but I'm, I failed. I'm a failure. I was like, no, you're not a failure. That thing you tried failed, but it was, he had a mental block that he yeah. was, he was essentially a failure because what he tried didn't work. And that's what got him stuck. I think he was so stuck, frustrated with life because he had one failure and he's like, well, clearly I'm a failure. Anything I touch will fail. Yeah. That's kind of funny. I think of Edison, you know, there's the story told whether it happened or not, you know, that when he was trying to create the monofilament bulb or the light bulb, you know, he tried this as the filament and that and the filament, everything, everything failed. And somebody said, you know, after like a thousand attempts, gee, don't you feel like a failure? He says, no, I found a thousand ways that don't work. Right. <laughs> I got to keep going until I find the one that does, you know. it's That's perspective, which comes back to kind of this difference. Is it, are you stuck or are you in preparation? And yeah, I mean, in many ways, you could look at yourself in preparation almost at any given point if yeah. you're continuing to move forward into what you know you're supposed to do. I do think stuck is a, in many ways, I hate to say this, but stuck is a voluntary, it's a decision. Uh, for example, when I started my coaching program, I thought that people that were coming to the coaching program were, st were stuck. Yeah. And I, I finally realized, I don't know how I was so slow to figure this out, that people that are stuck don't go to coaching. They're stuck for a reason. Yeah, yeah. The people that are moving forward go to coaching because they're like, I want to make sure I don't get stuck. So I want somebody to help make sure I there's stuff that I don't see that they're going to show me that I can push past before it catches me off guard. People that are stuck, unfortunately, tend to be stuck for a reason. Yeah, sometimes that's kind of the unfairness in life, you know, in that you tell a guy who's depressed, well, go seek help. If he were enough, if he weren't depressed enough, he'd right. be seeking help. Yeah, and it's kind of the same thing, you know. You do a you do a finance conference for your church, and who comes? The people who have their finances in order. <laughs> That's why they have their finances in order. They're always looking to move forward. And so, unfortunately, yeah, the people who are kind of stuck, there's some reason. I think that was a great one—the disobedience one or fear. Yeah, disobedience, the unforgiveness. Because you know, I, I tell you the story of a friend of mine that I knew who he just he he was ministry and active in the church. He was an elder in the church, but he never seemed there was always something seemed to be missing. I just kind of felt like. He never seemed to be moving forward. Just something I sensed, and I didn't even know what it was. But then he talked to me one time, and he talked about how he had an opportunity to go into full-time ministry and an invitation to, and he just couldn't leave this great job he had. Mm. And I tell the story of like Tarzan, you know, when he swings through the trees, he, he, he have to, you're holding onto one vine. He can pull on that vine. He's standing on that tree, and he's pulling, and it's a nice, secure vine, and he swings. And now the next vine, <gasps> I don't have a chance to test this one out. I just have to let go of this one and grab hold of that one and hope it holds me, you know? Mm. But if he doesn't, if he holds on to this vine, well, I'm gonna hold on to this one while I check the other one. He ends up kind of dangling in the middle. Yeah. And that's what I figured out. That's what this friend of mine was. He wouldn't let go of that. So he was still involved in ministry with one hand, 
but he still had that security of the job there. And so instead of swinging forward like Tarzan through the jungle, you know, from one vine to the other, he now was stuck just dangling over the floor. Which is, yeah, which, I mean, Dave Ramsey says that whenever you're doing, you know, a side gig, like a little side hustle, that when you get to the 50% of the income you need from that side hustle to replace your your other income, you've got to take the leap or you're just going to get stuck. Hanging from two vines over yeah. the jungle floor. And, and you're going to burn out eventually because you're yeah. given 150% <laughs> when you need to be. Right, yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, that's that's a, an interesting concept too because you were talking about uh, this guy that was in ministry and I, I was thinking about a, a friend of mine who's probably, I mean, the guy is like built for ministry, but he got burned early on by a really crummy pastor and uh I, there are some of those out there. They're a totally crummy pastor, totally insecure pastor. I mean, he's a great, I'm sure he's a great person, but he was very insecure, did a lot of damage. And this guy now has has been saying, well, I'm going to build up my nest egg and then I'll go into ministry. Yeah. Which maybe there's some value in that, but here's a guy who's spending 40, 50 years to sock away enough money to where he can go into ministry and then- And, and when do you ever have enough to feel secure? Well, and that's the other challenge. Yeah. It's like people that say- well, I'm not going to go and do the, take the risk until the kids are out of the house, until um, such and such. This So in the name of preparation, they're actually spending 30 great years of their life that they could be doing what they really want to be doing, doing something they hate in the name yeah. of building up the security net to do something they want to do later. And in the meantime, they're they're literally stuck. They're quite miserable what yeah. they're doing, but they're all doing it in the name of, well, the, once I've got X in the bank or this amount, or once the kids are gone, then I can do it. And it's, you just wonder like, I, I would consider that stuck. Yeah, well, that's one of the phrases my dad said. I remember when he was talking about it, he said, but I've got a family I have to care for. I've got a family to yeah. feed. And so, you know, it was a noble thing, but it was fear. Mm. And yet, might he have failed? Yeah, he might have, you know, but we, we probably recovered, you know. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's fear. I love that. That's The forgiveness one is a big one too, because I know the last time we were going through a situation where we'd kind of been stabbed in the back a little bit, not a little bit, pretty majorly. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I felt like the Lord just told me, he says, look, these are just tests for you to see if I can move you on to something bigger because every bigger step, every bigger responsibility carries more weight, more burden, more chance of being mm -hmm. stabbed in the back with a bigger knife. And um, if you can't pass these little ones, then, then you're not ready for the bigger ones because there's hurt with everything. If you're going to be doing anything significant, you know, it's the old saying, if you stick it up, it's going to be shot at, you know? Mm. If you're doing anything significant, there's going to be people criticizing you. And if you get wiped out by these little things, oh, she didn't smile at me or something stupid like that, you're not going to be ready when people are really slandering you. And then you're not going to be ready when it gets even bigger. So you have to pass those forgiveness tests. That's, we actually did a whole podcast on that. If you we did, if yeah. that theme is kind of resonating with you, check out that podcast we did called Does God Test Us? Um, but let me let me jump into something there because I want to talk about entire groups of people that get stuck because a leader got stuck. And I think about Joshua and Caleb. Yeah. Um, they, when the children of Israel were on their way from Egypt to the promised land, they send these spies in, 12 spies, 10 of them say, it's bad news. There's giants in the land, blah, blah. It's a great place, but man, it's going to be really messy and hard. Joshua and Caleb are like, no, we can do this. And Caleb is, uh, and Joshua, they're literally the only two from that generation that got to see it because uh, it's funny. I was reading the verse this morning and it says, the children are, the children of Israel dis, uh, disobey. And I would say, uh, ah, I forgot they said, but it's essentially they disobey God. So basically them, 
in their fear and protest against, uh, you know, this is not going to be easy, Joshua. And then they start complaining. Why didn't, why did you take us out of Egypt? We had it so yeah. easy. Basically, because 10 spies gave a bad report and they weren't willing to take the risk, an entire generation believed them um, and they ended up, only two people got from that generation got to see the promised land as Joshua and Caleb. He says, there's the only two guys that are gonna get to get in. It's, it's interesting to me because you've gotta be, it's very easy if you're in leadership, particularly, I'm just thinking of pastors that listen to this, your own stuckness can actually be passed on to people who end up getting stuck under your leadership. Yeah, yeah. Which is a scary thing. Yeah, two things on that. I, th- I just think of, uh, it just reminded me of a phrase I read recently from Mark Batterson, which I thought was really awesome. He said, because they said, oh, we want to go back where the onions were free and the leeks and the food, everything was free. He says, the reason the food was free is because they weren't. Mm. And I think that applies to so many wow. situations, you know. You want it free, you want it easy. If you want it free and easy, you're going to have to give up some freedom mm-hmm. because it only comes free and easy if there's some, you know, it, there's always a price tag. Success always, success never goes on sale. There's always a price tag connected with it. Mm. And if you're going to move forward, there's always going to be a price connected with it. But I was thinking about I, I, the only scripture I could think of, or the only people I could think of uh, when I was thinking about this stuck was in, again, the one you just brought up, the wilderness, the people in the wilderness, the children of Israel. They were definitely just wandering around in circles for 40 years. But I realized, Joshua and Caleb were not stuck. There was no reason individuals within there had to be stuck. They were delayed, but after the end of 40 years, Joshua says, I'm as strong as I was then. Give me that mountain. I'm going to take it. Huh. And you remember Joshua, he said, give me, the, I, I have the same strength I did 40 years ago. So he was not stuck. He was delayed and he ended up maybe wasting a little time, but what's time in the light of eternity, you know, really. Mm. And he still inherited his possession. He still took it. And I think the same thing with us. We might be in a situation where, for some reason, maybe the leadership we're under or whatever, we might kind of feel like we're wandering around in circles, but that doesn't mean we can't be personally moving mm. forward. That's a good point. Again, it's back to that perspective thing. Like, yeah. yeah, you may be stuck because the leaders in front of you don't want to take something further, but it doesn't mean you're personally stuck depending on how you view it. Yeah, I might be stranded on a ship out in the ocean and I can be sitting there just wasting my time and you know, the cruise ship broke down, I'm stuck here. All I can do is sit here and do nothing. Or I can be sitting here and I can be reading and I can be hit, I can be still moving forward personally. Yeah. Hit the gym. Eh, yeah, I guess you could. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That even if the boat's not moving forward, you are in control of your own capacity to keep developing so that when the yeah. boat gets moving again, you're prepared for what's ahead. Yeah, you're ready. We talked about that before too. You, the wind may not be blowing. If you're a sailor, the wind may not be blowing, but you can at least set your sails mm. to catch whatever wind there might be. And when it does puff, you're ready to go. Man, that's, a really, that's really potent because I've, I've been... Th- I've felt a little bit stuck. I think maybe all of us in the last year, year and a half with COVID, yeah. I've been unable to lead trips. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm like, all I'm doing is writing and, and speaking. And I'm like, well, maybe that's, well, again, I feel like I'm kind of in prison. Uh, but you, you know, Paul ended up using that time in prison to write. So he was he stuck? No, it was as long as he's being productive where he is, yeah. he's not stuck. Um, that Man, that, that really shifts it. You don't have to ever be stuck. Yeah. I mean, except, well, if you fail to obey, but. Yeah. Um, well, you know, our, a lot of our missionaries are feeling that way too. We were talking about one this morning who, you know, they they want to get back to China. They've been missionaries in China and that's where they are. And and you can feel totally, I'm, I'm, I'm incapacitated. I can't do anything. But the goal in life is not to be in China or to write a book or to do this. The goal in life is to be conformed into the image of Jesus. 
And so that can happen if, you're, if, if everything around you is dead still, you can't go outside, you can't do this. You can still be the internal being conformed to the image of Jesus. And somebody put it this way, our, goal, our calling in life is to deepen our message and then God will broaden the influence. Mm. But we can always be deepening our message, you know, getting more in touch with the Lord, uh, trying our own hearts, getting our own hearts right. And then when that's done, it's like a tree. We deepen the roots of the tree. We deepen our message, and God will expand the influence when the time is right. That's, I mean, you think I was thinking about in terms of gardening. You're talking about the roots. Uh, I learned that with basil this year. Yeah. With basil, I kept chopping off the the bottom parts and using the whole strand. And they said, no, with basil, if you want it to get thick and deep roots, like it turned into my basil plant turned into a tree this year, a basil yeah. tree. Um, and but it's you keep top, chopping at the top. And then the roots go deeper instead of spinning all the energy going up, but it makes the whole plant go wider. And literally, the, I got little trunks on my basil plant. Oh, really? It's yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah, and even through this freeze, I think it's going to come back. Yeah. Uh, but it's that same idea of a lot of times the depth comes when you feel like you're not moving forward because you have to, if you put that energy in somewhere, the energy will go into the deepening of the roots rather than going up. But we're so focused on the, how high are we going to build the tower? Yeah, It's like, well, before you build the tower up, you got to make sure you got something under it to hold it up. Yeah. But you don't do that when you're moving forward. That seems like almost backwards motion when you're yeah. digging. Yeah. It's always it's always the stuff that happened in darkness that nobody sees, mm-hmm. which produces effectiveness of what people can see. That's right. And it, in fact, we talked about that this last week on our Facebook Live video, where, because why do so many ministries, they seem to grow so tall and yet then they come collapsing down. Yeah. You know, the, the person falls. It's because they didn't build that foundation. The roots were not there. And they may look great above. It, it could be a building that's 50 stories and magnificently decorated solid gold. But if the foundation's not there, the first time the wind comes, it ca- collapses. And I mean, what better time to deepen that foundation than when you feel stuck and unable to move forward yeah. than go down. And I think that's sometimes yeah. the reason the Lord does stick us. You know, I mean, just, okay, hang right there. Wait right there. I need you to have deeper roots because you you can't see what I'm going to be doing above ground. Yeah. So I need to deepen the roots. So just trust me in this. And sometimes it's easy for us to push ahead and rush ahead and knock on doors and be doing everything in our own effort and our own strength. Now that's different. You know, you mentioned too, some people just seem stuck because they're waiting waiting on the Lord. And sometimes the Lord's just waiting on them to do something. So there is yeah. a laziness, there's a slothfulness and the Bible talks about that. But it's one thing to be slothful. It's another thing to say, okay, God, I'm not going to be knocking doors down. I'm going to wait for you to open the door because God opens doors no man can open. God closes doors no man can close. And so we 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 have to wait on his timing in that. I think, that, and I think that's kind of where you, you separate it out. You say, okay, I do feel stuck. I want to be moving forward. Yeah, we all um, do. Yeah, but right now there's nowhere I can move. I've tried all the right. doors. So I'm just going to go deeper in my strength. And if you're saying, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord for the right timing, um, and you don't think yeah. you're stuck, but you actually are stuck. Well, the question is, have you been banging on doors? Uh, you talk about being a waiter. Like, are you staying busy with what you're doing right now? And a lot of the people I see that are saying they're waiting on the Lord, they're not even staying busy where they are right now. It's like, well, I want to, you know, I want to start, I want to start a business. Well, are you doing anything mm-hmm. business related right now? Oh no, but the Lord, I'll just know when it's time. Yeah, like, they're waiting for the big door to open and they're not even being faithful in the small things. Of course, that's what Jesus said. If you're not faithful in small things, what kind of idiot would give you bigger things? Which is probably, I guess, what truly being stuck would be. Are you not being faithful with the small things in front of you? If you are being faithful with the small things in front of you, doing your best to make the most out of them, no matter how small it may seem, then you're not stuck. 
You're not. And in God's time, things will open up and you'll move forward even further and faster and stronger. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast.